psilocybin is such a great tool for helping us see all of those obstacles that keep us from truly loving ourselves, loving each other, and feeling worthy of another's love and of knowing that we are loved by something bigger than all the people. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak, they talk to you, they will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hey folks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Psilocybin Says. This is Courtney Rose and I'm here with our sanctuary member and friend Emma Andre. So thank you, Emma for being here today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we just recorded half of a great episode uh, that didn't record. So now we're going to give it another go and it's going to be even better for you all. <laughs> Emma, I'm really excited to talk with you today and learn more about you and learn more about your, your experience with uh, communing with mushrooms, your practice as a naturopathic doctor and just your path as you see it moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about growing up and your perception of psychedelics in general, but uh, your perception of mushrooms growing up before you ever tried mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that my perception was extremely limited in the way I was never exposed to that never um, I was never interested in anything that had been taught to me to be dangerous mm -hmm. and it was lumped in with all kinds of actual drugs you know like mm -hmm. meth <laughs> and things that don't belong in the same right. category at all. Yeah. And so I think I had a really twisted perception of just bad, you know. Mm -hmm. Um and I was always very straight edge growing up and I liked to follow the rules and I always had a lot of things going on, a lot of studying to do and sports to play and they really, that just never entered my life at all. And I think also, even if it had, I had a very strong uh, aversion to anything that I felt would make me somehow lose control. That has been a theme in my life where it's been really important for me to try to maintain control uh, and to maintain even if it's just perception of control or other people's perception of me in control. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I do remember hearing about someone close to me who had used mushrooms at some point in college and described to me what that was like. And I do remember feeling very judgy about it mm -hmm. with no grounds to judge <laughs> right yeah as it usually goes right mm -hmm. 
Right. Wow. Yeah. And you were a pretty badass athlete, right? I mean, <laughs> I just heard the story about so. you being the only female on an all male lacrosse team, <laughs> which is how you met your husband. And yes. I just, that's permanently like ingrained <laughs> in my being, thinking of you like, damn. <laughs> I mean, in order to be that like hardcore. <laughs> Of an athlete, I would think that would go along with it. This perception of control yeah, and s- strength. Yeah. 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 You know, and that's never why I, I ended up playing. Um, <clears throat> I started playing. We moved high schools when I was 16. So I started my junior year in a totally new high school. On We moved from upstate New York to Portland, Oregon. And so it was a very different culture. And I was brand new and wanted to get involved in some sort of sport and make more friends. And there were signs that said lacrosse. Didn't say boys lacrosse, didn't say girls lacrosse, it just said lacrosse. And I had actually done a lacrosse camp in upstate New York during a summer with a friend. You know, one of those like eight weeks come once Mm -hmm. a week, you know. Okay. for an hour or so uh, I didn't know how to play really just was starting it out at that time and so we go I tell my mom I want to play lacrosse and I go to this meeting and it's there were other there were actually three other girls there but it was really boys lacrosse that hadn't really occurred to me yeah <laughs> until we're sitting in this meeting but there were mm-hmm. four coaches and they were all awesome and there was actually no girls team at this school at the time. Lacrosse was really young in Oregon. And we were one of the first schools to have lacrosse. Mm. So there wasn't an option for girls team. So anyways, I sat through the meeting and was like, yeah, this looks like a lot of fun. And my mom's like, okay, I guess we're <laughs> buying what looked like football pads. <laughs> she reluctantly allowed me to sign up for this. <laughs> yeah. And I Says played. a lot about your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I think she didn't know honestly didn't know that there's actual like hitting <laughs> my Ignorance daughter is gonna bliss be at this time. beat up by <laughs> high school boys yeah and that, I mean that ended up being I learned so much about myself and my limits mm-hmm. I mean running next to a lot of guys who were mostly taller than me and had longer legs meant I had to always run faster. Mm. So my jog would have been slower, but when we were, you know, quote, jogging as Mm -hmm. a team, I was running to try to keep up. Right. So I got a lot faster. It helped me run fast. And we all did the same, the same burpees, the same push-ups, the same sprints. Yeah. And it was, ended up being really fun. We were a ragtag group playing at that time at this, like, old high school abandoned old high school where like sometimes you'd find like vials or needles on the side of the field oh boy <laughs> yeah so this, this was the way we and there were no nice turf fields at that time like there are now um but it was it was a great experience I actually made my closest friends in high school on that team which was a mix of guys and gals and okay we had fun I played my junior and senior year um I was not very good at all but we had fun 
Yeah, you kept up with the boys. Good enough, I guess. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I ended up uh, going off to college having no intention to play at University of Oregon. And then I saw them practicing one night on the field under the lights. And I suddenly really missed it. So I just, just I stood there for a while watching them thinking like, oh, man, I really want to play. I wonder if I could play here. And I approached the coach and asked him if I could play. And he was like open arms was like, yeah, yeah, come on out. And there were no other girls on this team. This was a club team. It's just for fun. So I drove back to um, back home, like two hours away and picked up all my gear within a day and then came back and joined their practices and and yeah my okay. husband ended so up being on that team <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow yeah. so you mentioned um learning a lot about your limits mm. so I'm curious how that has come up in your mushroom experiences has it mm. like do you feel like that's impacted your experiences with mushrooms yeah I would say it taught me about my capacity to be in something like a difficult situation and to push myself not that most of it was a difficult situation but we all have these perceived limits for ourselves in terms of what's physically possible, what's emotionally Mm -hmm. or capable of handling emotionally, what we can learn. Mm -hmm. We have these ideas about what those things are and often they're wrong. Mm -hmm. They're a limited sense. I mean, sometimes some of us think that we could be Superman and maybe we can't. (laughs) Somebody (laughs) needs to pump the brakes on that (laughs) guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but when you get to be in your body like that and really feel it and actually have the experience of working out so hard that you're so sore that you cannot sit down to go to the bathroom for the next week because you can't bend your legs. And then you realize, oh, I'm okay. I think it does increase your capacity for holding a situation where maybe your body's not doing what you think it should be doing Mm -hmm. or a situation where you would really prefer to be comfortable, but you know that on the other side of discomfort is something better. Mm. You get to be better on the other side of it. So I do think that the discipline that, I mean, looking back, I don't even know where that discipline came from. (laughs) Took a lot of that. But I do think that was helpful, being okay with not feeling okay for a little while. Mm -hmm. I mean, since I started communing with mushrooms, how long has that been? 12 years ago or something? I mean, I was like you. I, I was very judgy prior to that of people working with psychedelics I mean I didn't see it as that like working with I just saw it as like using and abusing right uh drugs um prior to me diving into the traditions behind 
using sacraments, plant medicines. So like, as I started to learn that athletes use uh, and work with plant medicines and very successful people work with plant medicines and yeah, I just became increasingly more fascinated and interested in leveling up with plant medicine. So yeah, I always love talking with people who are accomplished, disciplined individuals who love mushrooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's very few tools if you want to see the mushroom as a potential tool for under understanding ourselves and the world in that way, it being in that space really opens your eyes to who you are and maybe why you do what you do. There's such a amazing potential to connect with the best version of yourself and guess what? It doesn't always come from pushing yourself to get the letters behind your name. It -hmm. doesn't always come from pushing to earn money. It can come from just getting to know yourself more fully. And if you're willing to look at all parts of yourself, well, willing or not, you enter the mushroom space and you get to see it. You can't sit there and resist it. You can't sit there and control that situation and that you can try, but you can try. It doesn't. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. <but> don't. <laughs> but maybe better if you just <laughs> let go of that one. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And yeah, that yeah, having that, I definitely had that perspective of using and abusing. I never understood or took the time to try to understand mm-hmm. how crucial personal growth really is. Mm-hmm. That actually never, that language never entered my sphere like that. For me, at that time, I had no idea that spiritual growth was even a factor in yeah. working with psychedelics. That's something I'm obviously particularly interested in now. How has your perspective on spirituality evolved since the first time you communed with mushrooms oh man hugely this could be a long story so I'm just compilating my reader's digest version (laughs) (laughs) well we have all night we are in the middle of an ice storm so (laughs) we do have all night let it rip (laughs) so My dad passed in 2017 from uh, pancreatic cancer that came really suddenly. The diagnosis came suddenly, and then he was gone suddenly, and it totally upended our lives. At that time, I was in the midst of trying to launch a virtual practice for using naturopathic medicine to support moms who like me were like type triple a and would burn the candle at both ends in an attempt to achieve and control life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I tired myself out so much and it took me years to build myself back up physically so I created my company vital mamas to help support moms with that Mm. and at that time I was trying to get it off the ground and had 
two friends who are coaches that I knew and respected and one was running a seminar in LA and something when I heard about it and was told about it something in me said you need to go to this seminar you need to get your butt on a plane and get down to LA and do this and it made no sense I didn't have the money for it and it was kind of spendy and that was the weekend before we were moving our entire house with two kids Mm. so you can imagine sitting down and telling Derek like hey I think I need to go to this seminar and he's like what (laughs) (laughs) money is kind of tight right now honey (laughs) (laughs) we don't have the money and you want to go when (laughs) but my intuition was really strong and I just like I couldn't shake it and so I told him that and he trusted me on it which is huge Mm -hmm. and I hopped on a plane and I went And this seminar was, it was about 12 of us and a coach in the room. And it was a seminar called Spirituality in Business. Side note, I've always been drawn to spirituality and no, I guess kind of thought that it had a place in my life because my parents were spiritual people, not religious at all, but spiritual. So that's part of what drew me. But Mm -hmm. I went and... We were having a meditation during during this retreat with all 12 of us sitting in like a horseshoe shape. And there was the coach at the front who was leading it was just repeating a mantra asking, what do you want? And for some reason, we were all sitting there with our eyes closed. I experienced the most profound thing that I've ever experienced in my life up until that point where... I, I I was breathing and then suddenly I was breathed. Something was breathing me and it was like I was sitting there with this mantra going and being breathed and it felt like a fire, like a tornado fire was in the pit of my belly and was spinning faster and faster and faster. And it was so intense. And then finally they stopped the meditation and I opened my eyes and I'm like... <sighs> what just happened (laughs) and came like super close to orgasming in front of this entire group of strangers (laughs) you know everybody listening can hear (laughs) (laughs) it was so freaky because sitting i like wow sitting there having that happen and then feeling like this this like tornado just like went up through my body and opened me up and while I was having this meditation as well I heard a voice speak to me which I can only interpret as the voice of God afterwards that said you are meant to do coaching through and with spirituality and at the time I had just spent so much energy building this business that was about mm-hmm. helping moms physically recover. I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're telling me this now? <laughs> yeah. Could have helped to have that a little earlier. God. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and I felt myself shrinking in and thinking, who am I to do this? Like, I'm just a 30 something. Like, who am I to sit down and coach through spirituality I don't I don't I don't know anything 
And this voice said, who are you to keep that to yourself? I was like, oh, <laughs> that sort of like put me in my place. Wow. I was like, okay. And that was a really powerful message. And that's what I needed to hear. I still don't really know what to do with it, but that happened. And after I came out of that meditation and for the rest of the retreat, I felt like all of those limiting beliefs that I didn't even realize I carried about myself, all of those layers that closed me off to other people that actually had me keep my own natural magnetism just as a human being to myself or blocked off were just ripped away. It was almost like I got to walk around the world with no traumas, no shields, like nothing. I didn't need it. I was just, it was wow. like, like all the colors were brighter. You know, I was just like, whoa, what just happened? And it just ignited something in me that gave me the physical experience of knowing that this was something I was meant to bring in my life, but I had no clue how. Mm. And I, f I felt that when I walked around in the world, even like I flew back home f for about a month, I had that openness, this complete openness. It was just magical. And then kind of life, you know, got back in its ruts and like it started to close a little bit more and a little bit more. And I sort of like, but I remember that feeling. And so what it gave me was this grounding, this anchoring and knowing that is possible. Mm -hmm. And I want that. Yeah. And Sounds like it was worth every penny. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and then some, yeah. Just for that, which wasn't even the intention, but that happened. And I read about, I for a long time tried to like look up like what was that that happened and I couldn't put a finger on it and I looked it up and it took I think a few months for me to find someone else describing the same experience and can it I get, make a guess yes kundalini awakening yes <laughs> <laughs> okay <Yeah>. sweet <laughs> yeah exactly but it took me forever to I mean you don't know that yeah. you're just in the space of like, what is wrong with me? What happened? Like, this is so good, but like, ugh. yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was nuts. And I, I feel like it opened some doorway and served as a beginning point for me. I think returning to focusing on what was actually something I was probably meant to do from the beginning, but and in looking back and after that experience and looking back as at myself as a kid, I always felt very connected to nature. I always felt, I think I felt the presence of something bigger than myself, even though we never really talked that much about it in my family that way. We never went to church or anything. My parents were avid meditators. Mm. Um, transcendental meditation was really important to them. Um, they taught us that at a young age, but I never did it. Wow. It, I didn't want to because it was hard to sit still. <laughs> yeah. And in the beginning, I was taken to classes when I was about six, um, but it gave me a headache whenever I did it. So I didn't want to hmm. do it, which is okay. interesting. Hmm. 
weren't ready. Kind of wish right. I had though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to imagine my son at well, he's not even five yet, but can't imagine much will change <laughs> in a year <laughs> as far as yeah. being able to sit still. Right. It's just not. Yeah, this culture is pretty difficult to sit still in. Mm-hmm. A little bit stimulating. Yeah. So you had this kundalini awakening and <laughs> apparently, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> right. and now you're like, okay, what do I do with this? And you, you had started Vital Mamas at the time I or had. not yet? I had. I started it in the end of 2016. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I mean, started it by like building, trying to figure out what to do, you know, trying to build a program, all that. Okay. And at this point you had eaten mushrooms or not yet? This was, oh gosh, I have to think back to the timeline. That was September of 2017. This seminar was October they were not that far apart Hmm. fairly certain the seminar happened after but wait I don't know well they were close together they were close together one way or another yeah two big bam bam so very close to your kundalini alleged kundalini awakening (laughs) you also had a really powerful first experience commuting with mushrooms yeah following that first experience with mushrooms which you told me a beautiful story about when we (laughs) thought we were recording and we weren't (laughs) so I won't ask you to retell it again but like how long did it take you to eat mushrooms again after that first experience psilocybin mushrooms are not new to the human experience while they may seem like a recent discovery in mental health These mushrooms have been considered sacred since the Paleolithic period for their ability to heal the human spirit and therefore the mind. Sanctuary Church is reviving the traditions of our ancestors for a modern world. As a faith-based organization centered around the sacrament of sacred mushrooms for spiritual exploration and personal development, Sanctuary invites like-minded individuals to become a member and commune with us. Join us for Sunday Zoom service or a weekend sacred mushroom retreat in the beautiful Kentucky countryside. Visit P-S-A-N-C-T-U-A-R-Y dot org to become a member or for more information. Oh, goodness. Uh, You know, about a year, I think. Am I remembering that correctly? About a year, maybe a year and a half, something like that. Yeah. Okay. That's a pretty big shift for you from the prior perspective you had about Mm -hmm. psychedelics Mm -hmm. and then suddenly having this unexpected spiritual awakening experience and then mushrooms entered. I mean, a year later is, you know, pretty close time to dive in Mm -hmm. again. So at this point, like after communing with mushrooms a couple of times, having that spiritual awakening, like how are things shifting for you at this point in the timeline with your business? And even though I was launching that virtual business, I was still running 
and working in the practice I had started in 2010 as a naturopathic doctor Mm -hmm. called the Cornerstone. That obviously took a lot of time. And then also trying to do this virtual thing. My kids were pretty young at the time. After my dad passed, we moved in with my mom to help her out because her house was way too big for just her. Mm-hmm. And there were, they had divided tasks. And so she needed, you know, both to not live alone, emotional support, and then just mm-hmm. help with caring for that house. Uh, that was the move we were making. Okay. That I got gotcha. of Yeah. So we moved in with her. And then there was just so much happening at that time in April the next year 2018 we were planning and flew out to Hawaii to Hanalei Bay to spread my dad's ashes Mm. and there was a lot of you know a lot of things leading up to that and then that um, summer after that my mom sustained a brain injury was pretty significant which she then needed to recover from and required a lot of various forms of therapy and so I took I stepped back you know and really pared down on my practice in order to drive her to all these appointments and you know we couldn't leave her alone Mm -hmm. for a long time she was in a care facility for many weeks and then came home and then it was this big transition so I was really in the thick of life's craziness and vital mamas my virtual business always got backseat so I was doing really nothing with it at that time I was just like surviving and trying to remain a good mom and uh do all the things um it's a lot to juggle it was a really it was a really stressful time it was a lot to juggle um So I really wasn't doing much with it. And after all of that happened, you know, my mom had that brain injury. We had another journey um, with a couple of our beloved, really supportive friends Mm -hmm. who wanted to be there and were always there to help help us through, you know, yet and something else really difficult uh, because she changed after that. She was not Mm -hmm. the mom I grew up with. She was a very different personality. Um, Mm. So wasn't wasn't doing a ton with it at that time. Do you remember that mushroom journey with the close friends at that time? I don't remember exactly. I don't remember exactly what. Yeah, that's okay. Timeline is so fuzzy. Yeah, that's I've really been <laughs> trying to get your timeline in detail. <laughs> <I know. so. laughs> Maybe the details are less important. It's just that it <laughs> it all has been unfolding. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. So you mentioned your dad passing and I guess I'm I'm pretty curious about how mushrooms what have mushrooms shown you 
Oh man. About that. About that specifically? Oh. Yeah. The the mushroom experience was a visceral and larger real understanding of the somewhat small and limited nature of this one version of existence that we have (laughs) whenever I describe it it always sounds so like whoa (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know trying to put that in words is the ineffable impossible you really can't it just is was this feeling it it basically gave me more peace about it in really seeing and understanding that this isn't the end there's Mm -hmm. a continuum even when we pass and that there's I guess just we can get shown so much about who we really are about our true nature about what our belief systems are what holds us back basically keeps us from ever acting out of integrity with who and what we really are as divine beings i just have always experienced a lot of love and feeling of being held Mm. and a feeling of peace of like everything's okay it's not what you would have chosen it's not what you wanted but it's okay Hmm. Things are just unfolding in the way they're meant to unfold. And that's that. It's a pretty powerful message to receive amidst such intense feelings and life events. I mean, you've really been through a lot in your life, so already. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's very few things that I know of out there that can really help with trying to process and understand, not just with our minds, but to understand with our hearts these things that feel so big and so bad and where we feel maybe victimized or like, why me? Um, I think it just helps bring all that into perspective in a felt sense Mm -hmm. and I imagine for some people that's also the case for them and then the other tools that we have that are more socially acceptable like therapy they're wonderful too they can teach some really great skills Mm -hmm. and in some cases some people aren't going to process what they went through with therapy it's just 5, 10, 20 years is just not going to do it. It's just mm-hmm. not on that level. Mm-hmm. They don't need another tool to help them calm down. They need to actually walk through that experience and think about it or feel about it differently. Mm-hmm. Or go back and actually defend themselves if they were victimized. Yeah, that's what I one. I love so much about mushrooms is that that same like what we can't describe that ineffable experiences is 
it. Like, I feel like that is, they speak to us in a way that no human ever could. Mm -hmm. And that is the spirituality, the spiritual growth is all wrapped up in that. Like the language that they speak is one that's so deep and felt Mm -hmm. that, yeah, it can't be conveyed through talk therapy. Yeah. So, and many of us, and I would put myself in this category, would have safeguards to keep another person from going to a painful place. So that even if there was the potential for this very deep healing, we often have mechanisms, maybe even unconscious ones, that as soon as you feel yourself tearing up or like you're about to cry, you're like, nope, can't do that, can't look weak. Mm -hmm. Or nope can't do that then the floodgates are going to open and we have ways of shutting these things down which truly is a very unnatural thing to do most of the time shutting any process down in the body is an unnatural thing to do i wouldn't say all the time but are certainly exceptions but Mm -hmm. we are meant to grieve and process things i think in a very different way than we're taught to do it and I think our culture yeah. really knows nothing about grief. Yeah. And when you enter the mushroom space, mushrooms like, we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't get it's to on, say no. It's on, sister. <laughs> you can cry more and more and more. And I'll just be like, let it out. Let it rip. You've had these experiences with mushrooms and you joined Sanctuary. And now just a couple of days ago you held space as a cleric uh, Mm -hmm. with a member uh, with Eric and holding space for a member of sanctuary. I'm really curious what that was like for you. What did that feel like being there with the intention of supporting someone else? Yeah, that was, that was awesome. It was an interesting experience to have in that I had never tuned into in the experience of somebody else starting their lift off. Mm -hmm. I had never really intentionally felt into what that feels like when that's happening. And I sat and I meditated while that was happening Mm -hmm. and was intentional with the way I was showing up to energetically hold a space for this member. Mm -hmm. And I noticed it felt a lot like a veil was lifted. Mm. Like an energetic doorway opened up. Mm. And I ended up having a meditation where various images and knowings sort of dropped in when that was happening which isn't a totally new experience for me it just it's not something I've intentionally tuned into in a little while Hmm. but that was really cool and I what I usually do with that information is I usually just sort of store it in the back of my mind and don't share it unless 
there is an Im- a good space and a purpose and an invitation to share it. Mm-hmm. It's such an honor to watch the person that comes out when somebody's in the mushroom space to mm-hmm. see those, you know, the, when we were talking about those barriers that people have mm-hmm. removed. Yeah. And just to see what emotions come up and what insights they have. Yeah. What can they see that we can't see who are not in the mushroom space? It was a pretty like smooth and very pleasant journey for them. And this person had already done a lot of introspective Mm -hmm. processing and work, which helped. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just a really pleasant experience. Yeah. So was it different than what you thought it would be? No, it wasn't. I guess I didn't expect that I would be able to be tuning into that level. I mean, I, I love doing that, but I didn't expect there to be that sensation of Mm. the opening of the veil. But in general, I'm familiar with what the arc is like. Mm -hmm. So having observed that in others before, it's not the first person I've sat with on the journey. Yeah. So when you say the, like the veil lifting up, when, when you say that I hear, like, I feel like, oh, like I'm in, I'm in the mushroom space now, even though I haven't communed with the mushroom, I'm imagining kind of like what people would describe as like a contact buzz, Mm -hmm. which isn't the best terminology, but (laughs) (laughs) there's not great language around this stuff. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But for those listening, um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm imagining. Is that kind of what you mean? Like kind of stepping into the mushroom space without actually having. Yeah. It's kind of like I have this visual. It's kind of funny, but it's sort of like if you have a cupboard under the stairs Mm-hmm. And there's like a curtain that's covering that cupboard. And it's almost like them journeying in is like you're lifting the veils, like opening that curtain, peeking inside and realizing, oh, there's a whole world in there mm. and feeling the essence of that oozing out of that space. Yeah. Not being in it, but feeling what that energy is like coming out from the cupboard under the stairs Mm, musky (laughs) under there (laughs) what you got in that cupboard (laughs) because time to let it out (laughs) i kind of feel like it is though the i've experienced the mushroom space so often like a cave like place that's almost like being underground where the mushrooms are have you felt that before? Um, a cave underground <laughs> where the mushrooms are. Or like the space is, is this dark yeah. world, uh-huh. which is where they actually live. Yeah. And like I'm invited into that. Sp- it's a little musky down there. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> a little stinky sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I know that space. Yeah, it can be kind of cavey, and sometimes it feels like, I don't know, it's like void, weird, yeah, dark space sometimes. It can be like dark and bright at the same time. 
yeah in my experience weird yes thing to try and describe Mm. vivid i mean i'm sure it's also colored by the fact that i do like the eye shades oh okay not always but i feel like it's helpful hmm feeling mushroomy right now (laughs) (laughs) i'm like am i tripping right now i don't know (laughs) i don't think so i haven't eaten mushrooms today well we're gonna have mushrooms for dinner though my my talkie my talkie yeah that's right (laughs) yeah we're uh this is a this is an unexpected podcast recording people listening because an ice storm started and we just decided to have a little podcast recording while we get stuck in the house <laughs> happily stuck we're very glad to have you and Derek <laughs> visiting we're us glad too. and um super grateful that you were here and open to holding space for our member a couple days ago me too yeah me too. So hopefully there'll be lot, lots more opportunities for lots you to hold space more. in the yes, future. indeed. Yeah, so we usually end the episode by asking, uh, what does psilocybin say to you, Emma? Mm. Oh, that's easy. Psilocybin says you are loved. Mm-hmm end story so succinct (laughs) (laughs) oftentimes there's a lot i people ask me what psilocybin says to me i'm just like oh my gosh (laughs) so much how do i pick but i love that you are loved Mm, yeah i had i had this one particular journey that took me into the heart of that and seemed to reveal that that is ultimately what we're all wanting and looking for mm-hmm. in everything we do. We just want to be loved and want to love ourselves. And that's, I think if you boil it down, that's a journey a lot of people are on. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, in that particular journey was like the the um, almost like the treasure that I got to at the end of it that just really simplified what it's all about mm. and I think that psilocybin is such a great tool for helping us see all of those obstacles that keep us from truly loving ourselves, loving each other, and feeling worthy of another's love. Mm. And of knowing that we are loved by something bigger than all the people. Mm, Totally. There's nothing like the afterglow of the psilocybin message that you Mm. loved. Yeah. Nice. Well... You are definitely loved. (laughs) You listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you have an awesome day. Thanks for being here, Emma. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.